Welcome to episode 25 of the RSA Resident and Student Podcast Series, a production of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. RSA is an accessible, collaborative organization that fosters innovation, education, and advocacy for residents and students in emergency medicine. In this episode, Dr. Fred Kensey, resident at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and RSA board member, speaks with Dr. Jonathan Jones, emergency physician and current AAEM board member. Today, Drs. Kensey and Jones discuss hypertensive emergencies in the emergency department. Welcome to another episode of AAEM RSA podcast. I'm Fred Kensey, second year resident at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and co-vice chair of the RSA Education Committee. Today we're recording from the AAEM Scientific Assembly 2017 in sunny Orlando, Florida. We have with us today Dr. Jonathan Jones to be discussing hypertensive emergencies. He serves on the board of directors for AAEM. Welcome him. Hi, thank you, Shred. All right, today we're gonna be talking about hypertensive emergencies. Dr. Jones is gonna give us some good pitfalls, things to know, and a couple of medications to keep in our minds when we're working up some hypertensive emergencies. Sure. So I think the the biggest thing that confuses everybody is what is a hypertensive emergency? Because the definition of it, it's changed a lot over time. But the definition that it's going to affect us and and change or decide what we do, it's all about not the blood pressure, but about the patient. It always is, right? So look, it's end organ damage. So hypertensive emergency is a hypertensive episode, so a hypertensive state where there's end organ damage. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not. We're not going to talk about every specific hypertensive emergency, but just for example's sake, acute CHF exacerbation. You know, someone ran out of their beds, whatnot, and their blood pressure is 200 systolic. Now they have pulmonary edema and all that. That's a hypertensive emergency because it's the hypertension that caused end organ damage. A hemorrhagic stroke is a hypertensive emergency. An aortic dissection is a hypertensive emergency. So those are just some examples of some hypertensive emergencies. I think the key there to, to get a part of is looking at the patient and looking at what their problem is, not looking at their blood pressure. That's not to say you ignore their blood pressure, but for far too long, emergency physicians have focused on the numbers. And currently, I think emergency medicine physicians know not to do that. But unfortunately, a lot of non-emergency physicians still focus on those numbers. A lot of these physicians work in emergency departments as well, or sometimes we'll be transferred these patients, or sometimes they'll be sent from clinic. We get patients all the time sent from clinic for a hypertensive emergency, and they have zero (laughs) complaints but the pressure is 200 over 120. That's not a hypertensive emergency. That's just poorly controlled hypertension. So the, the big point I want to get across is recognize what it is. And, and if the patient's not having complaints, then they're not having a hypertensive emergency. And if they're not having a hypertensive emergency, then you don't need to aggressively lower their blood pressure. That's number one take-home point right there. I know a question. Most of our listeners are residents. A lot of them are medical students. What is your like go-to drug for hypertensive emergency? What are some of your hypertensive emergencies go by organ system and then the drug that you think is your favorite for such treatments? Sure. So that's a great question, Fred. And I love the question and I love how you phrased it because it depends on what the problem is. So again, I want to go back to there's no perfect drug for a hypertensive emergency because there's really no one such thing as a hypertensive emergency. Mm-hmm. So it's a class of disease. It depends on what disease they have take kind of a classic is an aortic dissection. That's a true hypertensive emergency. You want to lower the blood pressure fast. You want to get it pretty low. But instead of just saying what gets the blood pressure low quick, we need to say, how do we affect this disease process? And so for that, it's shear forces, aorta. We want to decrease the heart rate probably. We want to decrease the blood pressure, obviously. So you'd be looking for some beta blockers or something like that, something strong, something titratable. 
you know, an Esmolol, something along those lines. A lot of times you need more than one drug. So you'd add in a second drug. Maybe sometimes it's nitroglycerin, nitroprusside. Those are probably, nitroprusside for sure is probably going to be your last choice, but it works, but it can be a little powerful. So you'd add in maybe nicardipine or something like that. That's for that. Again, I'd just like to say go back and, and look at the actual complaint. For ischemic strokes, you can use beta blockers. Calcium channel blockers work very, very well. Um, labetalol is a common, common medicine given. For CHF exacerbations, triglycerin is kind of the, the classic drug, and it generally does a pretty good job offloading some of the pressure that's causing the problem. I know I didn't answer your question, but it's because there is no one perfect drug. And that, that's uh, a perfect so, answer. <laughs> so, so, yeah, and, and so I guess don't say, well, anytime someone has hypertension and end organ, I'm going to give them X. That's going to be the right treatment sometimes and the wrong treatment sometimes. So you need to learn a little about the different classes of medicines and have four or five in your armamentarium. Also, where you work, some, some places don't have these drugs. So, Very you know, if, if you're only used to using uh, one drug over the other and then you move locations, you, you might be in trouble. So <laughs> I'd recommend to keep the list short and sweet, I, I think you need to feel fairly comfortable using IV nitroglycerin, using a beta blocker, esmolol, metoprolol, abetalol, they're all decent. Calcium channel blocker, Cardane, it's the name brand, apologize, but you know, probably going to be the go-to calcium channel blocker. Nitroprusside, again, don't use it very often, but need to know a little about it. And then the other one that was real popular, went out of favor and kind of coming back a little bit, is hydralazine for a couple of reasons. But those are my drugs that I think you need to learn a little about and everybody needs to feel comfortable using them. And last but not least, we'll get you out of here so you can get back to join the rest of the conference. Any personal kind of pitfalls to using some of these medications, whether it was you felt like during the, the situation you didn't give enough of the drug or you kind of overshot it and your blood pressure went way too low that you can kind of speak on and kind of give some advice to some young physicians? Sure. I think it is easy to overshoot with any of these drugs. In an ideal situation, patients that are, you're going to put on these infusions are going to have A-lines in. Mm-hmm. I think one pitfall is waiting to have the A-line in to treat. If someone's severely hypertensive and is having a hypertensive emergency with end organ damage, you need to start treating them. Don't let that scare you. Don't let the fact that you can't give it in an ideal situation prevent you from treating the patient. To answer your question about overshoot, yeah, you can overshoot all the time. So I think that it's to start a little slow. You don't know how patients are going to respond. You know, you can think of it a little about any drug you give, or a lot of times maybe think about uh, relate it to our pain patients. You know, if someone's mm-hmm. never had a narcotic in their life, couple milligrams of morphine might do the trick for some pretty severe pain. If someone's taking chronic morphine, it's going to take harder. Now, that's not a one-to-one correlation to hypertensive drugs. But yeah, if someone's, you know, taking hypertensive drugs and for some reason they're still hypertensive, you might need to start a little higher dose. If someone's naive to all antihypertensives, I'd start slow. Perfect. So that's going to wrap it up for us. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast from the AAEM RSA. Let us thank Dr. Jones again for taking some time out to speak with us today. And don't forget to tune in to other episodes. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. For more information about RSA, please visit our website, www.aaemrsa.org. Listen to all podcasts in this series and explore the ways you can get involved with RSA. Join us again next episode for another topic of importance for emergency medicine residents and students.